Hello, adventurers, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 23 of the World of Azuria podcast. My name is Beth Ball, and I'm the author of the Age of Azuria epic fantasy series, which we'll be exploring in this show. In some episodes, we'll be swept away into the magical world of Azuria as I read chapters from the novels and stories. In others, we'll dive into the lore behind Azuria, and I'll answer your questions about the world, characters, and more. If you enjoy epic fantasy worlds, immersive settings, nature-based magic, and vivid characters, then this podcast is for you. I'm excited to say that I am recording from my new office in the house that my husband and I just bought, and it's super lovely. The dogs are asleep next to me. They are really excited about the new windows that allow them to look out on the street. So hopefully we don't have too much activity. If you listened to last week's special episode, you would have heard some new bird friends who like to hang out just outside the window in the bushes. Um, And also, I was just thinking as I was recording, I cannot believe that we're already on chapter 18 of Buried Heroes, which coincidentally is what we will be um, going through today. So this is our second season, and we are traveling through Buried Heroes, book one in the Age of Azuria series. In today's episode, Genevieve reunites with Sariel in the wild forest of Torsarvan and meets the druid Ophelia. So if it's been a little bit since you or we were hanging out with Genevieve, uh, the last time that we saw her, she was partway through her first werewolf transformation and the demon Sariel left to go find help and meet Genevieve in the forest and she saw them on the other side of a lake and Sariel asked her to run to meet them. I also, before we dive into today's episode, wanted to take a moment to say thank you to those who have left a rating or a review of the podcast. You taking the time to do so means so much to me. If your podcast app supports ratings and or reviews, please take a moment to share what you enjoy about the show. And if it doesn't, please do subscribe and share the episode with a friend who enjoys epic fantasy. I hope that you liked last week's bonus episode from Phoenix Rising. I'm so excited about this new series and sharing more of the world of Eldora with you. I love writing from Marcon's perspective specifically and exploring these parts of his backstory. There are other characters that we'll be meeting in the Age of Azuria series soon who are also going to appear in this much older series called Feather and Flame. And so I'll be sharing bonus chapters as we as we go. Finally, to discover what happens next before new episodes are released every Tuesday, you can find Buried Heroes for free at bethballbooks.com shop or at your favorite book retailer. So let's start our adventure. Genevieve dug her paws into the spongy surface of the air and struggled toward her rescuers. Sariel bounded to the edge of the water in a single leap, and the woman on his back continued her missive to the forest around her. The tug of the water's willow branches grew stronger, faster, and she flew over the pool. Ophelia's white eyes were still rolled in the back of her head, and Genevieve pummeled toward them faster and faster. She was going to collide with Sariel. The great wolf's eyes widened. Ophelia shot her hand forward, nearly striking Genevieve in the muzzle, and she fell to the ground. Oof! The impact knocked her breath away, and small stones bruised her back, all along her curved spine. In a billow of mossy robes, the druid woman alighted from Sariel's back and stood over Genevieve. She carried a long, gnarled staff in her hand. A faint evergreen glow hovered over the woman's head, and her eyes rolled forward, milky blue. 
With a sharp cry, Ophelia slung her staff behind her head and struck Genevieve across the chest. She barked in pain. Why? Her lungs filled with air and a ready anger flowed through her bloodstream. This woman was no ally. Only one of the two of them could live. Genevieve sprang to her feet and fresh venom flooded her mouth. This woman would know her pain before her eyes forever closed. She knelt back on her haunches and the woman readied the staff for another blow. Genevieve was ready this time. Ophelia swung, and Genevieve caught the end of the staff in her mouth and bit down. Her enemy smiled. Light erupted from the staff and blew her backward into a tree. Halavai! Ophelia pointed her hand at the tree and balled it into a fist. The branches slung forward and encircled Genevieve's wrists and ankles before they grew upward to wrap her arms and legs against the bark. This woman would pay. Genevieve growled in her fury. Ophelia swung her staff again at Genevieve's head, but she stopped short. It rested just at the end of her nose. She bit out again, and another branch whipped down and grabbed her beneath her jaw. She couldn't breathe. Her thick saliva gurgled in the back of her throat. This is what it means to lose control, girl. You cannot recognize friend from foe. Your body is overwhelmed by rage and fear. Defending herself was the only way she could survive. The druid had no idea what she was saying. I cannot help you unless you learn to fight it. The cursed blood of the lycanthropes is strong. Who are you? Genevieve growled again. The last of my pack. Her voice was unrecognizable, a series of yips and a low bark. Try again. Who are you? She was losing air. Genevieve struggled against her bindings. Mary Ellen had cast a similar spell with her in the woods. It entangled an enemy to give you time to flee, or, if you were strong enough, to question them. Wait. Mary Ellen. The attack. Genevieve shut her eyes and tried to rid herself of her monstrous form. The alluring darkness, the sense of protection, they weren't true to who she was. Her brow snapped, shrank back. She screamed in pain. Her teeth receded and her nose returned to its rightful place. Another crack. The vines tugged against her and held her in place as her ribcage receded, returned to her human frame. We must choose to return to who we are. Ophelia kept the end of the staff pointed toward her. Tiny wisps of pale green light and the soothing scent of sage lifted from it and drifted over to her. They embedded in her elongated body hair and burned. The sage covered the stench of singed fur. Genevieve winced. Another snap as her knee twisted back to its original angle. Her vision darkened. You must stay, girl. Genevieve squinted her eyes shut. She could endure this. She could be herself again. The beads of light sizzled as they touched her skin, warming into her muscles, helping her relax. Sariel, it's time. The dire wolf plodded forward and came to stand at Ophelia's side. He hadn't spoken since he'd asked her to run to them. The sides of his eyes crinkled, staring at her. A soft whimper left his throat. He wanted to remind her she wasn't alone. Genevieve watched Ophelia feel along Sariel's side. Her fingers slipped easily through his silver fur. She pulled on a leather strap slung over his back and dug into the satchel at its end, withdrawing a small glass canister. Genevieve panted, her body back to itself, the few remaining shreds of her clothing hanging from the vines. What had Ophelia prepared? The anger burbled at the back of her mind, ready to rush forward at the slightest provocation. 
The druid placed her staff on the ground and felt her way forward. Her face came to rest a few inches from Genevieve's, which was raised up by the tree to match Ophelia's height. Are you ready to take the next steps forward, girl? Genevieve's stomach tensed in fear and anticipation. Ophelia didn't look ready to heal her. The hybrid wolf still stalked inside, only temporarily beaten back. What would Mary Ellen have told her to say? Or Sheffield? Genevieve's eyes clouded over with tears. She could almost see their broken bodies huddled over one another, ashes rising into the orange and smoke sky. I am ready, Vara. Ophelia smiled again, and the wrinkles around her eyes deepened. Good. The druid twirled a long gray finger over the glass jar in her hand. The wooden lid slowly unspooled and plinked to the ground. She dipped her thumb into the liquid and drew it out, the pad covered in thick, dark green paint. Ophelia traced her thumb down the center of Genevieve's forehead and over her nose. We bind thee to the earth. And across her left cheekbone. We bind thee to the air. Then her right. We bind thee to the water. And on the center of her lips and the edge of her chin. We bind thee to the fire. Ophelia dipped her thumb again and drew it below each of Genevieve's collarbones, connecting her to both light and darkness. She put her pointer finger in the paint and traced from the base of her ribs to the end of her pelvis. We bind thee to the lichen. Wait, no, Genevieve exclaimed. Ophelia shut her eyes but continued her work. She outlined Genevieve's upper and lower arms, the same with her legs. The light of Anidia guide you. The presence of Selene sustain you. In the marriage of Fenrir and Luna, may you find peace. May you find purpose. Ophelia froze, her entire body rigid, and her eyes rolled back in her head once more. In a deep, guttural voice, deeper even than her alto speech, she recited, Another walks beside the sea, your reflection, counterpart, sister. The third waits in mountains, no longer free. Still others, long-awaited, roaming, passing through winter. Ophelia shook her head. The enchantment passed. Sariel stared at her, his golden eyes unblinking. You need to free her from the tree. She must step into the pool. Sariel, what just happened? Genevieve asked. Ophelia still looked dazed. We will speak of it soon, Genevieve. Ophelia, ask the tree to let her go. Ophelia nodded slowly, and Sariel padded forward to stand beneath Genevieve. The vines relented, and she gently collapsed against him. Come, I will help you. She pushed herself up, her legs shaking beneath her. What will happen after I step into the pool? You will join an ancient, long-forgotten sect of our people. Ophelia leaned upon her staff, still struggling to slow her breathing. She raised a hand to her forehead and placed her thumb on her temple and middle finger between her eyebrows. A time of suffering still lies ahead, child, though you will find the answers you seek. But which sect, Farah? Am I still a werewolf? Ophelia turned her milky eyes to Genevieve. It was unclear if she could see her or not. A werewolf you shall always be, unless you and your counterpart uncover the cure. Genevieve gasped. No! Her voice broke. That's not how it was supposed to be. However, Ophelia held out a shaking hand. 
You are a werewolf, as has not walked these lands for a long age. Are you willing to follow a new destiny, or are you not? If I step into the water, I'll become a druid? You are and always have been, child. But we have not had a druid of your kind in the living memory of most who currently draw breath across Azuria. Ophelia smiled at her and laid a hand against her heart. Most, but not all. The creature stalked toward her out of a thick fog. Blood dripped from its snarling teeth. In the distance, Mary Ellen screamed. The werewolf locked her in its gaze. She couldn't help Mary Ellen, couldn't get past the creature. It lunged forward, teeth bared. Genevieve woke with a start. Ophelia sat, silhouetted by verdant sunlight, at the entrance to her cave, hidden deep inside the hallowed wood near the Sian Mountains. Sariel had carried her here from the waterfall, and she'd spent the last several days recovering from her body's rapid transition in and out of werewolf form. Azuria's first humans were lichen, Ophelia observed, as though they were in the middle of a conversation rather than speaking for the first time that day. She hummed to herself and trailed the thin fingers of her right hand through the air in front of her. Genevieve had yet to receive a clear answer from the lone druid elder about what she meant when she said Genevieve was a different type of werewolf than those who had destroyed her home and her family. What's that, Ophelia? Genevieve groaned as she sat up. Her entire body still felt swollen, tugged in the wrong directions. Would each transformation be this painful? She rubbed her arms, thankful to find skin beneath her palms once more. Werewolves. The first humans in Azuria were werewolves, though not like you, and not like those you met. This was a story she hadn't heard before. Then they were cured? Ophelia chuckled. No, child. They would say that then they were cursed and lost their powers. But lycanthropy is the curse. She crouched to avoid hitting her head on the cave ceiling and went to sit beside Ophelia. The old druid had a beautiful home in the forest. Young trees heavy with bright green leaves and springy moss lined the rocky mound that made up Ophelia's settlement. It stood twenty feet above the earth below. A small mountain spring of crisp, clear water waited at the base of the hill, and colorful birds sang in the branches of the ancient trees that surrounded Ophelia's thicket. That is how many see things now, though the limitations of their vision condemn them to walk blindly through the world. Forgotten stories, imaginative limitations, these widespread sicknesses have stifled the memory of who we once were. Like their ancestors before them, most have little sense of who they were meant to be. The latent beast within you, child, soothed now to be unbounded by the moon. She remembers what even your parents forgot. Ophelia delighted to speak in riddles, a fitting characteristic of a woman who clothed herself in robes made of moss. Genevieve had found success thus far in selecting a single thread and tugging on it. If she held fast, she gleaned another morsel of understanding. So if the first humans lost their powers, what happened? As the plains divided long ago, the magical weave that holds all in balance began to unravel. The threads were stretched. Humans found room within themselves to create distance from the more ancient races, the older ways of being. They carved away what many would now call the animal within. Ophelia's milky eyes gazed at the world outside. 
She smiled at the happy chatter of the red-tailed squirrels that clamored from tree to tree. Is that what you call the beast within me? Genevieve asked. It is, child, though I would not call you a beast in whatever form you took, any more than I would Zariel. As if on cue, the silver wolf plodded out of the woods below, his fur bright against the damp moss. So I can control it? Ophelia tilted her head to the side as a soft breeze fluttered past them and into the cave mouth. No, Genevieve, you can embrace it. Won't I still be contagious? I could infect other people. She closed her eyes against the intruding memory of the beast that had clamped down on her shoulder, the terrifying control that had glinted in his eyes. It will fall to you to make your peace within and try and find the primal heart beneath the generations who have pushed it away. Genevieve sighed. Her conclave had not seen wildness as the ultimate good like Ophelia did. There was union, but with it, harmony, not chaos. My people did not see the world that way. They'd been innocent, peaceful. A flash of rage caused the hairs on her arms to stand up. A growl erupted from the center of her being, causing her to jump. The gray-green woman across from her smirked. You are learning already. Good. Ophelia was planning something, deliberately pushing her in certain directions toward an as-yet-unknown purpose. How could she balance between herself and an inner werewolf? The druid reached out for her and laid a hand on Genevieve's shoulder. There are things in this world we can control, and others we cannot. I do not have the power to remove your lycanthropy. There were druids like you, in times long forgotten, who took on the curse to better understand it and what the wolf might tell us about the world. You must follow your own path, but trust the one who paces within you. She also longs to be free. But Sariel, why does she live alone? Why not take up her place within a community? If she had been there to help us, what might have happened? The great wolf looked out on the small pond below Ophelia's cave. The faintest whispers of wind fluttered past them, tracing tendrils of cold across Genevieve's bare feet. She was expelled from her last community for beliefs that did not align with theirs. She spoke of coming truths, dangers on the horizon, that they wanted to ignore. A different voice cut across Sariel's. Not everyone wants to hear that ancient evils are reawakening. Genevieve flinched at Ophelia's unexpected arrival. The druid laid her hand on Genevieve's head and turned her face to the wind. It lifted stray pieces of her rich brown hair, brightened by strands of gray. The woman you spoke of, who rescued you from the fires of your village, is an old friend of mine. Did she tell you I was coming? I foresaw it, but she has also been waiting for this time. Had they both known of the impending attack? Leha had mentioned that some of the elders had foreseen disaster before they left for Andal Sahavra. Ophelia continued. I thought that she would have appeared to us by now. I sense clouds on the horizon. Something keeps her from reaching out for you. This is why, child, I believe it may be time for you to go to her. Ophelia's balance tilted as Genevieve lifted her head up in surprise. For me to go where? She'd only just arrived here, and she still had little understanding of her lycanthropy and druidic magic. I have the power to restore from the brink of death, child, 
But this is not a gift you need. The one who will help you is in Kaldara. You must board a ship to find her. But I can't go all the way to Kaldara. No one in her conclave had ever crossed the infinite ocean. Ah, but you must try. The werewolves there grow restless. We haven't much time. But how will I get to Kaldara? Why can I not stay with you? Sariel's voice interrupted her swirling thoughts. Ophelia will disguise herself in her home in the coming months while the werewolf tribe is on the move through these mountains. She must be alone to do this. But I will take you to the outskirts of Andalsahavra, and from there you can find a ship that will carry you across the ocean. I don't want to face more werewolves, Genevieve whispered. Sariel rubbed his warm, furry head against her hair. I keep seeing them destroy my family. Ophelia laid her hand against her heart and bowed her head. It will never leave you, child. I am sorry. They sat in silence as the forest wildlife chittered above them, unaware of the wild cascade of emotions at war and the young werewolf druid below. Ophelia raised her head and opened her eyes. She squinted as though she watched events unfolding in the distance. This evening, child, you will begin your journey to Andosahavra. You will find the ship that will take you to where you need to go. No, she had sworn to never set foot in that city, among the murderers who had killed her conclave's elders. Vara, you cannot ask this of me. Choose something else. I will go to Nortelon. Ophelia's hand clamped down on Genevieve's shoulder. She winced in pain. Her skin had yet to fully heal from the werewolf's bite, despite Ophelia's careful ministrations. Do not think I send you lightly, she whispered. I know what they did. Ophelia released her. Your path is your own. I speak only from what I can see. She brushed the top of Genevieve's hair with her palm and rose slowly to her feet before returning to her cave. Genevieve balled her hands in her hair. The wolf inside her howled with rage against the situation. If she should enter the city and find those responsible, she might show them what they'd done to her people. Genevieve. Sariel's voice called her back. Though he could speak clearly in her mind, she hoped he couldn't hear her thoughts. Will you trust her? Will you allow me to help you find the way? She owed Sariel her life, just as she did Yvain and Ophelia. Though together they weren't a conclave, they were all she had left. I'm sorry, Sariel. Yes, I will. The golden eyes grinned. Good. I have much to show you, little wolf. Yvain cast dried sage and moss into the still waters of her wooden bowl and whispered Ophelia's name. She'd felt the druid spirit calling to her and knew her mind was ill at ease. The girl had been able to reach her in time, and Yvain had felt the return of the lichen magic herself. Ophelia, she called into the water, disturbing its smooth surface. Though her old friend could perceive the barest outline of objects in her surroundings, Yvain's face appearing in her seer's bowl would be too subtle for the other druid to see. I have been waiting for you, but you have not appeared. Ophelia's expression was troubled. I told you, I must stay here. Mara may need my help. And Yelieth, the one I spoke to you about, is still in grave danger. It is time for Genevieve to move on. I am sending her to a ship. Yvain swore under her breath. Are you sending her to me? 
She leaned closer to the water's surface to try to read Ophelia's murky expression. Lucian's forces were better prepared and far more numerous than their intelligence had led them to believe. It was, it was foolish for those in positions of relative safety to deliberately step toward danger. In a way, her old friend smiled. What did you see? Why will you not train her yourself? You know that I no longer practice that part of our beliefs. Yvain suppressed a sigh of frustration. You initiated that girl in a few moments and revived like in magic into the world. Don't pretend that you limit yourself and what you can do. Ophelia's smile rippled in the waters of her bowl. Why do you remain in hiding, Yvain? Lucian found Fiona within days of her arriving outside my door. She'd been safely in hiding around the run for years before then. I cannot believe that it was a coincidence. Sadness and anger tugged her back and forth between them. How did Ophelia so quickly have this effect on her? Nor will you believe that it was her time. Ophelia had whispered the words, yet they grated nonetheless. Yvain refused to place her hope in fate the way Ophelia insisted on trusting it. When had it worked in their favor before? No, Ophelia, I cannot. The druid in the bowl closed her eyes and laid her fingers against her temples. Genevieve will not make it to you, Yvain. At least not for some time. Are you sending her to her death? Yvain's sudden fury nearly pulled her through the enchanted waters to the other side where she could confront Ophelia face to face. No! Her friend looked shocked at the accusation. She will travel with Sariel. The road is being laid out before her. So Ophelia had seen a path for Genevieve. One that led toward Yvain but veered away before the young druid reached her. She was a guiding star, not the destination. Ophelia, who are you sending her to? The gray-green skin wrinkled once again as Ophelia smiled, pleased with her mystery. That we shall have to see. Her reflection faded away from the water's surface, and Yvain was left with her own sepia skin and pale purple eyes staring back at her. The image grinned. In spite of their world teetering on the brink, Ophelia remained true to who she had always been. Perhaps the next time they spoke, she might unveil her prophetic plan. Thank you so much for joining me for today's adventure through Buried Heroes and the World of Azuria. If you'd like to find out more about me or my fiction, you can find me at bethballbooks.com. You can also find my books worldwide at your favorite bookstore or ask your local librarian to add them to the library catalog. To stay up to date with the world of Azuria and be the first to know about upcoming fiction projects, visit bethballbooks.com join. I would love for you to be a part of my reading community, The Story Enclave, and as a special thanks to you for a limited time, you'll receive a free ebook copy of Aurora when you sign up. Today's episode is sponsored by Amber Queen, book three in the Age of Azuria series. Amber Queen picks up our hero's stories after the events of Hedvarian Heist, book two. I'm also excited to say that in the next few weeks, I will be releasing two special short stories, The Gathering Dark and Blood Wolf Moon. And I can't wait for you to read those either. So those will be exclusive to those who are part of the Story Enclave. And so if you sign up at bethballbooks.com join, you'll receive an email in a couple weeks with ways to download the stories. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Bethball Author or on Twitter at Grove Guardian. 
or you can email me, beth at bethballbooks.com. If you enjoyed our time together today and would like to hear more stories set in Azuria, you can support the podcast on Patreon at patreon.com slash groveguardianpress. Look for the Fae and Damon Tears. In our next episode, Eliath and Marcone explore the village of Trudid and attempt to stop the logging of the Stormside Forest. The theme song for this podcast was created by Garrett Rose of The Bardic Inspiration, you can find on Instagram or Patreon at The Bardic Inspiration. Happy travels, and I hope that we'll be adventuring together again soon.